Hello, and welcome to the Investing on the Go podcast, brought to you by Fund Calibre. I'm Darius McDermott, and we are joined today by Mark Sherlock, the Elite Rated Manager of the Hermes US Small and Mid-Cap Fund. Mark, thank you. You have a degree in politics. What made you become a fund manager instead of a politician? Yes, my degree was in politics, which was which was fascinating. Uh, although my first job was in uh, accountancy, um, I stumbled into fund management somewhat, and and pleased I did because I, I can't really imagine a more interesting um, career. You, you mentioned politics. I mean, I think given the state of politics today, whatever uh, side you are, are on in the in the UK Brexit debate, um, not being a politician might have been a narrow escape. Um, I guess in both cases, the best decisions are made with a long-term perspective. And politics is dominating both in the US and the UK. How much do you take politics into account when uh, choosing your investments? Actually, less uh, frequently than you may think. Um, of course, a lot of airtime is given to politics in the US currently with um, the, the, the president and his fondness for, for, for tweeting. Um, the, the, those tweets may amuse or appall in, in, in equal measure, but on a day-to-day basis for many of our companies, they are not that relevant. Um, of course, there is some area or are some areas where politics strays into economics, specifically at the minute, um, Chinese uh, trade talks and the extent to which um, President Trump may be trying to influence um, interest rate policy um, at the Federal Reserve. But yeah, on a day-to-day basis, a stock-picking fund like ours, um, particularly operating a small mid-cap, um, you, you know, it's really that there are other drivers typically um, to a company's performance, financials and, and, and future. And you travel to the US fairly regularly. Tell us a little bit about sort of how often you go um, and what was the most company, interesting company that you met the last, on your last trip? So we are a team of four and we each travel to the US around once a quarter. So that, that would typically be for, for a week. Um, and that wouldn't generally be a sell size sponsored trip. We would literally um, book a flight, rent a car and, 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 and go off and visit uh, companies and, and prospective uh, companies. So um, if you give it, we, we tend to be away if you, if you as a team, um, you know, one week in three uh, traveling in the US. Um, in terms of my last trip, it was to the West Coast. So I did uh, largely California, so San Diego in the south to San Francisco in the north. And given that geography, it was um, principally a, a tech-related trip. Uh, Favourite company, there's a company called Cubic. Um, they have three divisions to their business, but their core division, uh, the largest division, um, uh, designs, implements and operates uh, mass transit payment systems. Um, so perhaps most familiar to your listeners here would be the Oyster Card scheme run um, by Transport for London, which they which they do on Transport for London's behalf. Um, they have uh, similar uh, contracts in, in other major cities um, throughout the world. And they recently won the, the New York um, City subway um, payment system uh, uh, tender. Uh, they have a couple of other businesses in the defense space, technology, uh, within defence and and training, um, but a really interesting business I thought uh, with great recurring revenues, a fantastic incumbent position, um, and an exciting future in terms of both top line growth and margin uh, progression uh, potential over the over the coming years for for our investors. Most investors in the UK, I think, would associate the US by being fairly concentrated on the east or the west coasts. Um, where else have you visited or the team that, that you've found interest in, in the US and other interesting areas or regions? 
Well, yes, we're, we're fortunate to travel, and as you uh, correctly um, surmise, much of that is done on the eastern seaboard or the western seaboard, be it Boston and, and, and New York, um, or over in California with, with, with the addition in the Midwest of Chicago. Um, in terms of other areas, though, we do have a, a spread of businesses throughout the portfolio that, are re that, that represent other geographies, and we make sure that we go out and visit those. So um, from my point of view, probably the, uh, the, the, the most extreme place or, or least likely place um, that, that, uh, that I've been is, is a place called Bismarck in North Dakota, uh, which is war. It's some, sometimes referred somewhat derogatorily as a, as a flyover state. Um, uh, but it's, uh, we, we, have a, we have a successful investment there in a utility business. Um, for those film buffs, it's, it's uh, where Fargo is set. For those uh, uh, is set. For those that are not film buffs, it's basically there's a lot of snow for a lot of the year uh, and not much else. Um, colleagues have been to, we have a, a holding company called Ansys based in uh, Cannonburg, Pennsylvania, which again is not uh, on, the, on the tourist map. Um, uh, on the on the upside, though, there was we we did a few years back have two holdings in uh, uh, on the islands of Hawaii. So you can imagine that nice. was a that was a popular popular field trip. Um, we sold out of both of those since, but uh, that was uh, that was always that was always in high demand. So your fund invests in small and medium sized companies, but I think small and medium size has a different quantum in the US than it does to UK investors where. Mm. The average market cap is much smaller. What, what uh, does it mean to you and, uh, and to this fund? Absolutely. So, as with um, other things in the US, uh, 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 they, they tend to be bigger than the, than the UK, and, and the same is true of, of the smaller mid-cap space. So, um, certainly, you know, in terms of the, uh, the the Russell 2500, which is our index, uh, that has market caps of companies with market caps between sort of one billion dollars at the low end up to. 11 12 billion dollars at the high end so these are really would be considered quite large uh, businesses um, uh, elsewhere in Europe uh, certainly when I first started I looked at UK small companies when I, when I began my career and that you know your listeners may be more familiar with with the with FTSE 250 the Russell 2500 um, is the equivalent in the US but as you correctly point out has much larger market caps and um, you know, t t ten times the opportunity in terms of uh, in terms of the stocks it can it, it, it contains. Um, of course, there being two and a half thousand stocks rather than two hundred and fifty so, stocks. So bigger and many more to choose from. <laughs> bigger and more to choose from. Yeah, absolutely. Can you tell us about one or two of your most interesting holdings? Maybe a couple of your your, your biggest conviction positions at the moment, and why you like. Mm, of course. So uh, I would focus perhaps on, on uh, if we take two companies, the first would be a company called Aptar, and uh, they are a business that um, the strategy has held continuously in various position sizes um, for the last 21 years, which is not um, a claim I think that, that, that many funds could make and does, I hope, uh, speak to our long-term um, uh, view of the world. Um, it's a company that makes, uh, it's a global leader in, in closures, so what that means is um, any sort of uh, consumer product that you may buy, be it orange juice um, through to personal care products, shampoos, uh, conditioners, um, hair care, um, perfumes and so on, um, they make the dispensing mechanism that gets the product from the bottle onto its, you know, where you want it to get to. So think of Tropicana Orange Juice, for example, um, one of their clients. Um, you know, we've all bought sort of cheap orange juice and tried to rip the top off and it ends up going all over the countertop. The theory, at least, is that with a, with a Tropicana um, 
packaging system, uh, more of the orange juice ends up getting in the glass and less all over your shirt. Um, they have they have multi, m- multiple applications, um, as I say, throughout uh, consumer, uh, all the way through to pharmaceutical. So they make asthma inhalers, um, which are FDA regulated, for, uh, uh, Federal Drug Administration regulated, um, and consequently command higher margins and, and, and so on. So they're very well placed. Um, I think why they are continue to be interesting currently uh, is their their move now their, their focus on, on on the environmental side of things of course a lot of their business is plastics based um, an interesting stat I was reading the other day is that uh, for, for you know water bottles um, disposable water bottles seven billion water bottles are opened every day only one billion of them are recycled um, if you think on a typical coke can the the, the, the closure remains with the can that is 99% of the time not the case with water bottles and the most polluting um, uh, piece of litter found on a beach uh, uh, globally is uh, those these these plastic water bottle caps so it's a, it's a significant issue and I think we're all aware of plastics in the ocean and, and, and so on. Uh, Aptar as an example of their innovation have uh, um, come up with what they call a stay with cap which is as the name suggests the cap stays with the bottle um, they're looking into minimum standards of recycled plastic um, you know, for inclusion in their bottles and so on so it's a company that uh, many people won't have heard of uh, as I say, we've held for 20 years, has compounded away very nicely for our investors over that time period, um, double-digit, 12%, I uh, believe, over the uh, CAGR, over compound annual growth rate over the last, over that period. And when you think what we've had um, over the last 20 years, be it the you know, great financial crisis, um, various wars and uh, terrorist events and so on, uh, it's exactly the sort of company that uh, that we feel we should be buying and holding. So that would be one. Second one, uh, rather, rather more briefly perhaps, is... Um, uh, a company called Cooper, and they make contact lenses. Um, so benefiting from trends in um, improved eye health cares, we're all looking at more screens uh, for more of the time. So it's having an effect on our eyes. Um, also, uh, uh, you know, exposed to some good trends in terms of the switching from glasses to contact lenses. Um, and within contact lenses, the switching from monthly and weekly contact lenses to disposable daily lenses. All of these are, 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 are beneficial trends. Um, and Cooper uh, should 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 uh, you know really benefit from that over uh, over time. Great installed base. Um, very you know once you have contact lenses, you don't tend to change the brand you use. So very high recurring revenue, um, and of course something that you really don't want to mess with your eyes. So so switching uh, by consumers is 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 low. So two two um, businesses. Uh, both of which we, we, we think offer great multi-year compounding opportunities for, for clients. Mark, thank you very much for joining us and giving us a couple of really interesting and actually quite powerful examples of some of the companies you own. Thank you for listening. I'm Darius McDermott, and if you'd like more information on the Investing on the Go podcast, please subscribe to fundcalibre.com. <laughs>